If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody welcome back to the in and after show uh this week it's me lindsay leverage with james beckett what's up right way this time and yeah. we're going to be covering uh jujitsu kaisen and psalm 100 as well as a little bit of news there was some exciting news uh before sdcc kicked off that's also where jackie is right now so jackie is at san diego comic-con if you see her you know say hi she's getting footage of the booths and everything for her social media channels um, just working her butt off. She was dressed up as Boa Hancock yesterday, and then she was Junko from Danganronpa today. So if you see her, uh, tell her that Lindsay said hi, and we appreciate all the work she's doing there. Uh, I know she said she's not watching Jujutsu Kaisen with us because this episode was insane. I sent her Discord messages and then immediately regretted it because it kind of seemed like bragging. But <laughs> this is a really good episode. <laughs> so um, before we get to that, uh, another... Just like short thing, um, my tummy hurts. So if you hear things through my microphone, it's my tummy. Um, I'm an old lady now, I guess. And when I work too hard, my acid reflux, I think like acts up. I think I've developed an acid reflux thing, which uh, is new and exciting as all new ailments are as you age. So well, uh, as, as, if anime is anything to go by, uh, tummy rumbling is like the funniest noise ever. So <laughs> that's true. That would just make that's this a true. comedy gold mine. Yeah. Yeah. Evidently it is uh, cute and will make me more appealing to the audience. If I have little tummy rumblies like Winnie the Pooh uh, during serious conversations. So I uh, look forward to that. So with that out of the way, um, we, First thing I want to talk about is Lazarus, which is this new series that was just announced. Um, it's got Shinichiro Watanabe of Cowboy Bebop and mm -hmm. is coming to uh, the Toonami block on Adult Swim. We don't have a release date yet, but this is the first new thing we've had from Watanabe since Carolyn Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we don't... I'm very really excited. Have... I, I think I saw the... Um... The, the, there's a Chad Stel, Chad Stileski, the director of the John Wick movies, is helping with the action choreography. Yeah, he's the action choreographer for this anime that's coming out. Yeah, they got the director of John Wick to do the action choreography. And I know some people got real excited about the soundtrack as well. 
Um, anyone who's like watched Adult Swim for a while, or if you're familiar with Jason DeMarco, like he's kind of a tastemaker when it comes to music. He seems to kind of be on the up and up on like who is, and so is Shinichiro Atanabe. Like he's yeah. worked with Thundercat and other folks um, in music videos and stuff. So they, they both seem to be big music people. Um, in this case, the anime will have a score by uh, Kamasi Washington and the producer's DJs Floating Points and Bonobo. Yeah, I'm not personally familiar with their work because I'm basic and listen to Top 40 and stuff all the time. But um, if you're more into jazz and electronica, uh, these guys are supposed to be really good. So, yeah, I'm um, uh, with Seleski on board. It seems like it's going to be a little more action focused. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Watanabe hasn't done an action focused series in a while, right? It's been mostly kind of drama or music-based series like Carol and Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, you know, he I mean, did, Space uh, Dandy say, was more of a comedy. I mean, it had yeah. some some scenes in it, but it wasn't like action-centric. Uh, yeah. This one is supposed to be action and sci-fi. Uh, the story takes place in 2052, and disease has been eradicated by a neuroscientist named Dr. Skinner, and he has a drug called Hapuna. And then he just sort of disappears after everyone starts taking it. And, you know, they enter this, this peaceful time period only to show back up and be like, JK, there's a short half-life and all of you are going to die in three years. Ooh. And so a special task force of five agents and the collectively the task force is called Lazarus are supposed to save humanity from Dr. Skinner's plan. Interesting. So, interesting. So, yeah. I, I'm curious how much of it, is at all was it all influenced by the pandemic I right just thinking if, if i don't know how long this has been in production i mean sometimes I it, could, it could be like five years right and it was just a weird coincidence you know if it were any other director uh the concept of a um a, a vaccine-based murder conspiracy would give me pause a couple but, of flags yeah but watanabe yeah. has proven himself to be more or less on the right side of history when it comes to um, a lot of kind of political and social issues. And yeah. so I'd like to think that it, it's either a really weird coincidence or they're going to do something with it that is um, interesting and not um, uh, cringe-inducing. <laughs> not not I, conspiracy I mean, theory-esque, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest of all time. So I, I bare minimum, it's going to be really really good I yeah think. oh i forgot to mention it's being animated at mappa as well so they're they're handling the animation over there yeah just, everything yeah right it's like what did we do to deserve this um so it's being animated over there and uh demarco also clarified that watanabe is directing every single episode so he's not like a supervising director or um conceptual aspect and not actually doing the the directorial work he is in fact directing the show. So it's not like when Gen Urobuchi like just kind of stamps yeah. his name on a thing and, yeah, and no. they call it a day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, looks amazing. There's supposed to be Watanabe himself is actually at San Diego Comic-Con right now. And it's today the 22nd, it's the 21st. So the day after tomorrow, um, if you're watching this live, he's going to be there and they're going to show like a sneak preview at the Adult Swim Festival that's going on right now. Super jelly would love to be, love to be there for that. But we've got some other folks from ANN who will, 
uh, and I will live vicariously through them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if this will be. I, I wonder how many more he's got in him, though. You know, like. Yeah, he's getting up there. Yeah. Um, Maybe not just because of age-wise. It's just like, he seems pretty selective with his projects at this point, mm. right? So, well, hell, I mean, Carol, Carol and Tuesday was what five years ago? I think twenty eighteen, seventeen. I would have to look it up. Um, I can click on things. Let's see. Carol and Tuesday came out in and then uh, it twenty nineteen. Yeah. And he was chief director of that, actually, looking back on it. So if he wasn't... I, mean, I was thinking about that show the other day. I feel yeah. like, I mean, with so much of the plot revolving around um, the, the use of AI in mm -hmm. popular entertainment, I feel like he was ahead of the curve. By... He always is, it feels like, right? Um, I know people weren't big on terror and resonance. And I feel like I, I think that show is underrated. I, I think it's like underrated. It. I liked it when I watched it quite a bit. Um, I'd like to go back and revisit it um, to kind of see what my feelings are on it now. But he was he directed all of that. He was chief director on uh, Space Dandy as well. But that was almost like a um, collective. Almost it, there was a lot of like bringing in a lot of guest directors. Guest directors. Masaki Yuasa directed one of the episodes on that. They brought in other folks to kind of just do one or the other um, with him supervising it all. And I actually never watched Kids on the Slope. I I never, I don't think I finished it. I watched a few episodes of it. I mean, it was one of those shows where it was so, um, It's. I mean, it's very much a coming of age drama. And mm -hmm. with those kinds of stories, I, I usually, it's. It, I either have to like watch it kind of all at once. Right. Really be in the mood. Um, mm -hmm. And so I need to go back to that one too. Yeah, yeah. I think I watched a couple episodes of it. Nothing wrong with it. I just wasn't like super engaged and then fell off and never went back. And then bought it on Blu-ray and uh, there was this uh, sound issue on the Blu-ray when it first came out. Oh, um, I'd have to go look it up, but like it ended up having to be fixed because if I remember right, uh, Zach Birchie actually like caused a huge stink about it online because um, it was just, it was like in mono or something like that. It was like, yeah, not, kind of not the show that you want to have a mess. Yeah. 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 It's about starting like a jazz band. Right. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, so, I mean, there's always been years kind of between his projects, like kids on slope was 2012 space. Dandy was 2014. Um, I didn't know he directed the ending for death parade. Um, and then, after 2014. Like the, like the ending like credits? Or... Yes, yeah, the oh, ending good. credit okay. sequence. Yeah. Um, and then five-year break between Terran Resonance and Carol and Tuesday. And that was 2019. Now we're about five years on-ish for whenever Lazarus will come out. So anyway, looking forward to that. Really excited. Um, oh, yeah. Hope it, hope it, you know, lives up to what it's trying to do so speaking of adult swim anime mm -hmm. um when the hell is uzumaki coming out i don't know but um production ig was at anime expo and they are like we don't have any news but it's not canceled anyone who tells you it's canceled it's canceled is lying so unless you hear it from us uzumaki's still happening okay that's all i know i mean they've got a couple different things in the hopper he's also a lord of the rings 
animated thing for Adult oh, Swim. Oh, yeah. And um, what's some of the other? There was one other one. I think there's some more FLCL that's supposed to be coming. I do, and, I do remember hearing about that. We'll see if that manages to last in the public consciousness for longer than the month after it ended. Right, because I think this one's called like, because they've all been named after types of music genres, right? And mm-hmm. I think that one of the new ones, is there two? I think one is called Shoegaze, and I can't remember what the other one's called. Um, Ray Out says they're making the Haikyuu movies as well. Yeah, that's a production IG thing, but that's not necessarily an adult swim thing, I don't think. The uh, finally getting the like finale Haikyuu movie. Um, yeah, so they've got a couple different things in the works. I hope the Uzumaki series works out. I really like the director behind it, Hiroshi Nagahama. Like, I think he's a really interesting guy. He, he did Flowers of Evil. An underrated, Flowers. underrated show. Great show. Great show. People freaked uh, out. We may have talked about this before. People just freaked out because it was rotoscoped. But yeah. I think it was genius. Um, oh, it was, yeah, incredible. I mean, given the subject matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, honestly... Now, it's been a really long time since I've read the manga. Manga's um, intense. It yeah. is. And I, rec- I recall it getting, I recall not loving the back half mm. as much as I liked the the arc that the anime adapts. Yeah. Um, I think it's just one of those manga that kind of goes into some really heavy subject matter, but then doesn't really uh, follow through in a way that I felt fit. But yeah. that first arc that the manga captures, I, I think the anime is better, honestly. Yeah. I think it enhances the material. It does, I think. And um, if people want to go back and read Flowers of Evil, that's by Shuzo, is it Oshimi? I think it's, I can't remember if it's Oshimi or Oishimi off the top of my head. Um, he does a lot of really uh, kind of emotionally intense stuff. Um, Inside Mari is another one he's dealt with. And, that, and that's you know, another one. Where that's so funny. I didn't realize that was the same author, but that's another yeah. one where I had the exact same problem where I didn't like the ending. I thought I, it was didn't, really, I don't really know the good. ending of it, but because I didn't finish it. But yeah. I mean, he, he's he, a lot of the stuff he's done is dealt with like gender issues or gender expression issues. Like there, he has another one out. Dempa Books puts out a lot of his stuff. Um, he's got another one out about a character that uh, between school years transitions and so comes back uh, post transition to female at uh in the manga i can't remember what that one's called it's called welcome back and then the character's name and i can't remember oh oh i've heard of that okay yeah i would be really interested because honestly i I don't want to spoil inside mari the the, mari dealt with some similar themes though right it did but in kind of like a a supernatural way that Uh i feel i don't know i i wish that it felt to me that the supernatural kind of element and the way that that fit into like the allegory and the, the kind of exploration of those gender issues, mm-hmm. I think it got in the way. And I think mm-hmm. it ultimately ended up, it made me wonder like, does it, does the author like really not understand, but I don't know. It, it, it rubbed me the wrong way, but the fact that they're, that the next project actually deals with just someone that just straight up transitions. I think that that could, maybe give the story the opportunity to explore those themes a little more thoroughly. Yeah. I haven't read Welcome Back, Alice, but um, it does seem like uh, Oshimi is interested in in 
engaging with those topics specifically since he's revisited them a couple different times. Uh, total side note, but Oshimi and Hajime Isayama actually are kind of like co-worker friends. When I interviewed Isayama about manga creators that have like had a positive influence on him during his career, he he mentioned Oshimi. So yeah, um, I buy it. And, yeah. You see, I mean, he seems uh, like a cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah. Blood on the Tracks, I think, is one of the ones that's currently being put out, uh, put out as well. I, I don't remember what the plot of Blood on the Tracks is, but yeah, all of his stuff is pretty, pretty intense. I don't know if he's done anything that's just sort of like chill, like a rom com that's just a rom com, you know? Um, okay. Uh, oh, we also want to talk about real quick for our Pokemon fans out there. We're getting the final episodes of Ash's, the culmination of Ash's journey. Now, these have been out in Japan for months now at this point. Uh, this is the Pokemon to be a Pokemon master uh, set of episodes. It is, if I remember right, 11, 11 episodes that are supposed to like kind of wrap up his, his journey. And those will be coming to Netflix on September 8th. So you have a date now. Um <laughs> Nick says Oshimi and, and Chill are antonyms. Yeah, that's yeah, yep. pretty accurate. So um, I don't know. Like, I haven't watched uh, Ultimate Journeys, Master Journeys or anything, but I might just watch the last 11 episodes with no context just so I can see the end of Ashes. Uh, I feel like everyone from our generation, I don't want to say obligated, but I feel like we could stand to get something out of watching those. Yeah, episodes, right. You know? Some like, sort that of was generous. That was like, yeah, it was, I mean, uh, for those of you guys that weren't there, it is impossible to really describe how much of a of an explosion Pokemon was in the world of the youths. Like it was, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can't really think of of anything that's comparable. Like, yeah, we had Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, yeah. Um, but the fact that the, it doesn't have the merchandising know, that went with no. Pokemon, where you could just like. Well, the fact really that you're like a middle-aged mom who was born in like the 50s or 60s or whatever yeah. would know could know what a Pikachu was. Right. And like understood that. It was like, oh yeah, that's Pikachu, that's Bulbasaur. Like it was yeah. truly just, I mean, when we saw the attempts to try to replicate that success. Yeah. Um, and it just I never mean, worked. There's never been anything like it. Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon initially, because they like kids kind of saw them as as and Beyblade sort of stuff. Like those all yeah. tried to get in there at the same time. And we were like, no, this is an OG Pokemon's OG. This is crap. Um, yeah. It's funny to think about, you know, Pokemon got my mom having to take my brother to like card shops as a kid. Like we mm -hmm. had a, we had a card shop in town that probably it was, it was called the Batcave. Um, and it had, you know, kind of a 1960s Batman logo sort of deal on it, you know, completely unlicensed. Um, and you would go in there and it was like in a strip mall and they were probably used to Magic the Gathering, which, you know, was already, that was sort of like the weeb card game if you weren't doing uh, like baseball cards or basketball I mean, cards. That was really like the only one for a, a long yeah. time. I mean, there were like, you know, there were niche ones, but I mean, Magic was the game that really kind of established what a trading card game could be. Yeah. So, the fact that yeah. Pokemon was able to move in on its territory again that speaks volumes yeah i mean kids on the playground there were there were urban legends made up about the games that people still know you know about how to get mm -hmm. mew or 
other sorts of weirdness. Um, there, you know, the Lavender Town music and how it was cursed. Uh, you know, yeah, so, I mean, the original creepy pastas. Yeah, original creepy pasta was Lavender Town music, um, and you know, everyone knew holographic Charizard was it. And if you had one, like you were hot shit. People, you know, they had to ban bringing your cards to school because oh, yeah. theft and things like that. Like yeah. schools had to adapt to the prevalence of this this thing. You know, they were like they were like vaping for <laughs> for millennial fifth graders. Right. Yes. Exactly. You know. Um, God, I have uh, my brother. He's three years younger than me. Messaged me. Um, this was a while back because he had gone on like the Pokemon subreddit and shared a story about how I wouldn't let had lied to him while playing Pokemon red. Cause we had red. We had, well, we had blue version first. So we'll say it was Pokemon blue. And I had told him, um, I wouldn't, I would let him play it, but I wouldn't let him save his game because you could only have one save file on the cartridge and I didn't want him to overwrite my save. And so every time he would play it, he would basically get past the first gym and have to start all over. Cause I mean, how long are you gonna sit there and play before your Game Boy batteries run out? Um, Especially with how slow you walked back in those OG Pokemon yeah, games. Uh, yeah, and so he put it on Reddit, I think, expecting to be, um, uh, you know, people vindicated. To, yeah, vindicated people to commiserate with him, and they're like, "I'm surprised she even let you play it. I wouldn't have trusted you." With it. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah," and also I had no memory of this, so this is just an example of how older siblings can do shit to younger siblings, and. Um, we don't internalize it at all. I don't have no memory of time. For you, it was just a Tuesday. It was just a Tuesday. No, Andrew, you can't save your game on Pokemon League. You're going to erase my stuff. I'm like, at League 4, no, you can't play. <laughs> or you can't save it. Oh, come on, CS. Yeah. Um, it was just a, it was a whole thing. I also have memories of, like, not having any concept of how the game really worked. So I remember, like, I, don't think I, I, I never played a full Pokemon game. Like I remember, game. like I, I would go seen. into it early, and I'm like, I'm just catching everything because I didn't understand how the evolution or whatever works. So, like, yeah, I had both the Caterpie oh, oh, and the Metapod because yeah. I was just like, well, you got to catch everything for your Pokedex, right? Completely, yeah. I never once played a full game of the trading card game to completion. Oh, despite yeah. owning multiple decks. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I've got great decks. How do you play? Um, yeah, yeah. Like theory crafting your deck. No, I just like looking at the cards. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like I have memory. I had a friend in school who would like theory craft a deck and that, like, oh, yeah, I put this many of this in it. So that way, if this happens, then maybe this will happen. And that would be really good. And like, yeah, but you don't ever actually play against anybody. But like, there's still tournaments though that you can go to in a lot of towns. Um, and there are kids there winning little junior championships and they're like eight years old. So it's right. still going. Uh, those were the days. Um, we're also going to be getting Pokemon Horizons, which is the new series with the new uh, dual protagonists. Uh, is it Liko or Rico? The girl's name, I believe, is Liko. Yep, Liko. And the boy is Roy. Um, and I don't know, Roy looks a lot like go to me to be honest as far as like his character design i guess it's a little bit yeah. different he has a hat i don't think go has a hat but um, I mean, that makes all the difference yeah really. 
But it looks cute. I mean, in, the, in this version, Pikachu's got a Navy captain hat. So, so perfect. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, no notes. Give give little Pikachu a hat. Um, Roy's got Fue Coco, the, the apple-y looking alligator. And um, Liko has um, Weed Cat, whose name is Sprigatito. Mm-hmm. Right. What did they think they were doing with that that leak design? So, anyway, look. Uh, I mean, it is Japan. They they probably couldn't conceive of of anyone <laughs> under the age of uh, fifty even knowing what weed is. Yeah, so. well, Ikuhara put a preteen drug dealer in Sarazanmai, so some people know. They know. They know what they're getting. Um, didn't um, didn't uh, Fujiko? Uh, light up a bomb in that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I guess I guess Ikuhara Sayo Yamamoto because I'm pretty sure that's the woman called Fujiko Mine where she does that. Or yeah. maybe it was one of the, or it could have been one of the loop in the third where it's like Roman numeral R. No, it, it was, I'm thinking of woman called Fujiko. Mine. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Sayo Yamamoto and I'm trying to think of the one I watched one other. Oh, uh, Masaki Yuasa put it in Japan Seeks 2020. In that commune, they're all growing weed and putting weed in everything and eating it. So, uh, yeah, Dude, hot boxing with the Lupin crew would be so chill. It would I'm just, gonna, it would just be a great time, anyway. It would, yeah, that, that's like a perfect pass pass puff rotation, is oh, yeah. Lupin crew for sure. Um, last thing we wanted to talk about, uh, there is the Ghibli Park, not to be mistaken with the Ghibli Museum, but the Ghibli Park is uh, the theme park that opened up in which prefecture was that uh, Aichi prefecture. So like, it's not in Tokyo. Um, they're adding two new areas. One looks to be a recreation of Howl's house. James and I were talking before the show about how we hope there's like some animatronic uh, moving parts here. Cause this yeah. would just be so cool to like crawl around and stuff in. But to be honest, some of the, uh, vibe I've gotten from this park is that it's a lot more look at and a lot less interact with um, compared to like what we expect from when we go to like Disney or something. So it's like an actual park. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really more like a park with a lot of like some installations that are Ghibli related more so than like there's, there's no rides as far as I'm aware. Like there's no kind of like, roller coaster or even teacup sort of children's ride or like a, I'm surprised there's not a train at least like a little train to take you around the park because that would be very ghibli ghibli to uh in my opinion but they really need us to build a bathhouse and then like they'll just kind of randomly steal children yeah and put them to work in the bath <laughs> um with that said let's talk about jujutsu kaisen we're going to talk about jujutsu kaisen season two episode three AKA the, the episode that made me uh, smile, um, almost cry, maybe twice, and also scream. So, yep. All around a good episode of anime, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It starts out with the maid being kidnapped, Kuroi, and they do this great uh, fake out where we think this is going to be like the big climate like they're going to infiltrate and get her out and everything that's going to be the the big point of the episode and it is completely sidelined yeah it doesn't even make it past the cold open yeah yeah um 
they even do this, like they do this whole talk and everything about, um, oh, Rico, you can come with us, but if you chicken out halfway, we're not, we're going to ignore you. Or if they seem smarter than they look, we're going to leave you behind because we can't put you in danger. And then it just like abruptly flashes to them on the beach. Yeah. And James, you want to talk about that real quick? I'm actually going to unplug and replug in my camera. I feel like this is a connection problem. Okay. Yeah, no. So um, they completely 100% uh, skip over the um, the rescue operation, which I've been saying for years. Uh, years? Year? How long has the show been around? Whatever. I've been saying for however long Jujutsu Kaisen has been around that this show is secretly like one of the best anime comedies of the last 10 years. And this episode simply reinforces my point. Because this episode was funny as hell. Uh, until it wasn't. But when they're on the beach, when they're hanging out, it's a great time. Um, who do you think drew the feet? Was what I said. I was going to say that there's, I feel like every studio at this point, and definitely at MAPPA, based on um, the power uh, toilet scene from Chainsaw Man, okay. I feel like they have to have a dedicated feet person. Yeah. That's just like sitting there waiting for their time. And whenever they got a shot like this, it's like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for all season. So they also um, completely faked me out. And I am uh, mad about this because I thought Nanami <laughs> was going to get his moment. They like flew Nanami and this other kid out who seems nice enough all the way out <laughs> to Okinawa where, where this whole situation ended up going down. And then they didn't get to do anything. Are you liking that Nanami looks like the leader of like a scene emo band? He does. Notice he doesn't have glasses. I don't know if he's wearing contacts. He doesn't have glasses. Um, this is the most exhausted looking 15 to 16 year old I've seen in my life. Because Yeah. In Japan, first year high school would be a sophomore for most US folks. So he's 15 or 16 years old and he looks already done with it. I mean, this, this boy was born middle-aged, which I respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I liked the all of the beach interaction, to be honest. I feel like, I mean, this might feel like a diversion or something, but it was building, it, I feel like it was building a rapport between yep. Rico and everyone else so that you would grow kind of attached to her. This is like you seeing that she's funny and like she's down to goof off. She's not like uppity or stock up or whatever she's down for a good time uh she's nice she would make a good member of the crew um she's her, awkward and lonely because she grew up without friends yeah and her parents died in a terrible car accident and she's been raised by a murder maid ever since um and now she's gonna lose her entire identity in order to be taken over by some kind of magic entity uh required for barriers. keeping up a shield <laughs> keeping up a shield um want to thank James for making this worse than it needed to be. Um, anyone who doesn't know what you're looking at, this is a censored image of a sea cucumber spewing its guts out because that's how they eat, I think. Or they do this as a defense mechanism. Yeah, it's um, like they're, get away from me. Yeah, except it's all white looking. I just know that Fluid YouTube's... coming out of a potato. <laughs> you said know that YouTube's uh, uh, content bot can go a little crazy sometimes and i didn't want to take any chances yeah so. so yeah most of this episode is you know them in okinawa which is very uh like a tr tropical like i think people maybe forget where japan is located as far as like 
in the ocean and you don't have to go that far south before you start getting into tropical water like there's a reason a lot of japanese people also vacation in australia so um and hawaii for that matter but anyway they just like goof off in okinawa and this is them trying to give her more experiences because she's been so cooped up up to this point you know um that's kind of like the underlying thing they go to an aquarium there's a beautiful music score during the entire aquarium scene that really Mm -hmm. stuck out to me um we see whale sharks and just you know getting all those like sort of wistful feelings that always come with an aquarium for some reason what is it about an aquarium that like evokes like introspection i'm saying this to james probably, probably, probably never will go to an aquarium right james i don't i'm okay with aquariums oh okay, okay. um i don't linger in aquariums yeah. because then i have to like really focus on some of the creepy evil bug fish mm-hmm. uh, but i like aquariums i got married in an aquarium actually i didn't um, know that i did yeah wow um yeah we got to reserve the whole thing and we got passes for all of our guests it was a great time yeah um I feel like it's probably like, you know, it's dark. You've got the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this. I'm sure you could uh, psychoanalyze about, you know, we all came from the ocean at yeah. some point or another. And it's really the closest that we can safely be to that ecosystem, that environment um, mm-hmm. without, you know, having to wear protective gear or anything. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it uh, to me, aquariums have always felt a little more. Um, Maybe it's because, I mean, it's just because it's a more controlled environment, but aquariums have always felt a little less theme parky than zoos to me. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they can decorate, they can create atmosphere where you can't yeah. really do that in like an outdoor zoo. It's mm-hmm. just hard. Yeah. Um, but no, aquariums are cool. As yeah. long as, you know, you just, I don't pet the, I don't pet the uh, stingrays. That's gross okay. and weird. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're weird little flat faces underneath their, uh... I hate it. <laughs> hate everything bad. Not, not a fan. Not a fan. Um, Ray out since they went to a Seattle aquarium and it was kind of underwhelming. I've been to that aquarium um, as a Washington native. It's been a handful of years. I too remember thinking it was a little underwhelming. Actually, there's not a lot there except like the big thing is you know the the sea walk deal you know the the tube mm-hmm. which is cool but it's you can get through the entire thing in probably under under two and a half hours or something which compared to like if i go to the oregon zoo which is much closer to me uh you can spend a whole freaking day at the oregon i heard zoo. um i i went to a wedding in georgia last October and I wasn't able to go, but um, a few of my friends that were, um, that showed up a couple of days early met up and they went to the aquarium in Atlanta. And -hmm. apparently it is like next level good. According to Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They said that it was like kind of mind blowing. So check out the Atlanta, Georgia aquarium. If you're ever in the neck of the woods. Yeah. If you uh, ever hit up dragon con that's in Georgia. Right. And you need to get away from the crowds, go check out uh, their aquarium. Apparently. Uh, we're also getting recommendations for the New England Aquarium and the Vancouver Aquarium, which I'm assuming that's BC. Um, and the Vancouver Aquarium helps res- uh, houses rescues. So that's very cool. Atlanta yeah. Aquarium is legit. Thanks, guys. Um, maybe I'll go on an aquarium road trip. That actually sounds like it would be really cool. 
So you should change this to the aquarium after show. The aquarium <laughs> after show. Just yeah, yeah. Uh, just mood setting vibes of, of deep sea footage. Um, so yeah, they have their their Okinawa trip, and then it's finally time to wrap things up. That's supposed to be the end of Ghetto and Gojo's bodyguard duty, and Rico is supposed to become, you know, Tengen Sama, and that's when things get nuts right we have all these bonding moments with all the characters where they're really close um i really like this picture that you sent james because look at get look at ghetto he just looks like he's just smiling oh, at his best friend he looks happy this is not the man that we currently know in the jjk universe at all um, this is about when i knew that things were going to go horrible because i was like they're they're really making us try to love these characters and so it's something and i i mean we knew that like it worked, even, right if the plan went how it was supposed to, Rico was going to die. Yeah. Um, or, you know, get erased or whatever. And so yeah. I think you could be forgiven for just kind of assuming that they're sort of setting that up. But I think especially after what happened to uh, Yuji's buddy from mm -hmm. season one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've i come to expect this show to uh, to pull tricks like this. And yeah. it worked. It, it, yeah. It broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... I guess I, I got so pulled into that narrative that I completely forgot that Megumi's dad, his name is James, you, you put down his name this time. To Toji? Toji is still, you know, lurking about. Like, he's the one who put the hit on Rico and started moving everything forward. And apparently it was less because he was concerned about Rico becoming Tengen-sama and more because he wanted to f kill or fight uh, Gojo, right? And we even see that, like, he, at one point in the past, decided to to kind of get a, scope him out. And apparently he's not usually sensed by other people, but even as a child, uh, Gojo was able to sense him. So just when you think, oh, okay, they're getting her to Tengen-sama and uh, everything's going to be fine. To Toji? Did you say it was Toji? Toji, Toji comes out of nowhere and just stabs stabs uh, gojo right through right through the tummy yeah and then his tummy hurt just like mine um <laughs> and it was just we have a censored version of this picture that we'll put up here because we don't know what youtube's going to do anymore you know use your imagination i think you know what's going on here man i was upset when that happened i like yelled almost as much as i yelled for later in this episode but i mean i don't know they they kept doing this thing this episode where during the fight sequences they would like kind of over explain what was going on and Gojo was like yeah I moved all my my internal organs internal organs yeah. out of the way so I, I I'm fine it, it's cool it's cool and then they got into a really cool fight yeah they did and the over explaining honestly the over explaining is I think the one major writing flaw with jjk that i yeah i, I doubt it's ever really going to overcome i think right. it's just one of its bad bad uh shonen manga habits yeah um it's not as bad as the season of demon slayer which felt like most of the season was characters explaining what was going on in front of them yeah um, yeah but it can it can like i think the scene would have been a lot stronger i mean i obviously we, we kind of had to know how Gojo survived, but yeah. I think that there's a more elegant way to go about these battle exchanges, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Could be it's, worse. Also, it's also just kind of like a Shonen Jump staple at this point. Like, it drives me crazy in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, too. I'm like, stop. 
Stop. Stop yeah, it. that's I, yeah. that's honestly, I I I stopped reading JoJo's um, mostly because I, I could not deal with how much of it was the ex- explaining. Yeah, um, it's just uh, that's something I like about Chainsaw Man. Is yeah, so much of Chainsaw Man boils down to just like chainsaw happened <laughs> yeah chainsaw go burr so it's like yeah. we don't we don't have to worry about it that much yeah um but you know it's still a great fight excellent animation yeah super cool visuals he's um, got a he's got a weird curse baby caterpillar i, I almost not... said that thing's face too but that would have <laughs> made it look a lot more <laughs> yeah yeah um this was this this whole part was just really cool i mean he's a really cool villain in general and i've already kind of gushed about him being hot villain daddy or whatever but i was curious about this i didn't notice until now that the little cursed guy even has like tiny little hairs on the top of his head that are disgusting um he came out of ghetto's cursed spirit with that guy and ghetto's cursed spirit was like a giant bug so i couldn't help but wonder like if this bug thing was actually something that he took out of ghetto's cursed spirit because they they're sim they're similar looking. This one's much smaller, obviously, and purple. Yeah. And Ghetto's was like this big white larva looking thing, right? Um, I don't know, but yeah, he just kind of comes out with that. And I guess he is able to. I don't even with all the explaining, I don't fully understand like the limitations of Toji. Like he doesn't have curse powers, right? Which actually benefits him because that means uh, Gojo can't just sense where he is by honing in on that, but he's able to somehow work with with this spirit thing right is he just like it's contractual maybe like he can still do is it the, well aren't because aren't his weapons like curse powered kind of like i think a, so like maki's yeah yeah i wonder if it's just something that is his blade can do i've also seen people talk extensively about how like the system in JJK is is really hard to understand. <laughs> like it's not. I, yeah, I I yeah. honestly don't think about it too much. I kind of yeah. let it wash over me because I figure yeah. whatever we we need to know, the show will explain. And yeah. um, unless it like the show has done a good job of never breaking its own rules, or I guess it, never explaining its own rules enough to where breaking them is super obvious and so it doesn't really take me out of the battles yeah i usually just end up going oh okay i guess that's something they can do cool yeah yeah it's similar kind of like when uh like an ava 4.44 where they're just like (laughs) the whole last third of that movie we're like like, sure whatever whatever. that's a thing how should you doing is he gonna be okay all right right there's, there's one scene in that movie where they're like in the middle of their fight and the new girl she goes on like a 20 second like explanation like vomit where i feel like the poor voice actress could barely breathe and it's yeah. nothing but proper nouns yeah and i'm like at, at this point i'm i know i'm pretty sure this is you're messing with us yeah i'm like, pretty sure you're messing the troll, with us. right this is it yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah the whole so the whole plot for that is uh, toji orchestrated all this crap to basically get gojo really tired and sleep deprived so he'd have a chance to to beat him and he appears to, I don't know, I mean, there's a screenshot. There's a censored screenshot. Like, he, he, yeah, like, gouges that that poor guy out. Um, he appears to be dead. This is one of those situations, though, where, like, we know the future because this is a flashback. So 
Spoiler, Gojo's not dead, right? Yeah. But that, I mean, that being said, with I mean, with the way this universe works, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he could die, but then like come back, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, and we um, there was it kind of reflects back with uh, Yuji, right? Like mm. Yuji died and then came back, came back, right? And Gojo hid him for a while. Everyone really thought he was dead, and then he had the like silliest, most anticlimactic, like "Hey guys, I'm actually still here" uh, thing. So, yeah. Um, and in the meantime, Ghetto's taking Rico down to where Tengen is, and they've decided, he actually gave her the option, again, like, I'm amazed at how sweet Ghetto is in all this flashback stuff, because we know he becomes, like, a jujutsu supremacist, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but they give her the option of of not going through with it, because they think it's, and it is, effed up to take a high school girl and make her become the like the host for this crazy entity so um it, it was cute like... when ghetto was telling gojo like you know that probably means we'll have to fight the thing right like yeah it'll probably be mad yeah and gojo's like yeah whatever <laughs> we're like the strongest so i mean <laughs> it's it's that teenage cockiness too where it's like yeah, maybe you are the strongest. And you, what do you think will happen if you defeat Tengen? Like all the adults, this entire system is going to go against you for this. And they're just like. And but- also, the jujitsu schools will no longer have barriers, so all of your friends and teachers will probably die. Yeah, or be open to attack at least, right? So yeah. it's yeah, but you know, it, it doesn't matter because this 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 is you know not fair. And so they're gonna take her out and take her back home, and then she gets sniped, basically not literally like with a sniper rifle but i mean toji caps her in the in the head and that that is when i screamed yeah it was i mean the again it's really it's such a testament to even though the if you just describe this plot on paper mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward even kind of predictable right like maybe the 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 way that toji came in at the end but like you know they they take her to enjoy her last kind of her last days they mm-hmm. get close. Toji shows up at the last minute to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the editing, the direction, the animation, it's so good that all of those plot elements, I think, work really well. Like, even though we only got to know Rico for, like, two episodes. Yeah. I also was super upset when she died. Yeah, yeah, because I liked her. She seemed like a fun kid, you know, and, like, a fun member of the cast. Um, just... She didn't want to be the vessel. Like, that's not yeah. her fault. Yeah, no, yeah, that's not her fault either. And um, again, like you're saying, like the plot beats all seem pretty straightforward and maybe predictable, maybe if you're watching this from a more cynical angle. Like if I I don't go into anime being like, how many of these things can I see coming? And then don't (laughs) allow myself to get invested in the story. So, I mean, I was invested the entire time. So I was just taking it plot beat by plot beat instead of, you know, there was nothing that pulled me out where I was like, oh, you know, I bet he's going to kill her here or anything like that. And honestly, I hate people who do that. Like when you go to movies and like someone's spending they try to guess movie, the movie, yeah. like trying to guess the whole time. Shut up. Shut up. Just do it in your head. Just do it. In do your it. Head. Whatever. If, if you don't want to enjoy the film because you think it's really predictable and like you can't let it, you know, like release yourself long enough to care about any of the characters, then do that. But don't do it to me. So, yeah, I just I didn't I didn't see it coming, even though it was all set up and plotted well enough. And this is a terrifying picture of Toji, uh, where he thinks he's, you know, killed Gojo. Um, so 
And then the episode basically ends, but it's uh, Ghetto about to absolutely lose it. So we know that he's got this like dragon curse spirit because we saw it fly along the airplane earlier in there, like uh, never ending story vibes sort of sort of thing going on while they were flying to Okinawa. I don't know if we've seen a terrifying trench coat lady before. Um, I'm so scared either. of her. I know nothing about her, but I am scared of her. Um, yeah. I just feel like she's going to take the, the bandages off her face and have like a really terrifying face or something. Um, we can probably expect Gojo to like come back at some point during this fight, but I think Rico's like out. Yeah, I mean, they had that line that I thought was maybe I, I haven't read the manga, so I have no idea what's yeah. coming up. Um, but they did have that line where I think Geto says, "By the way, Tengen's going to be protecting you the whole time." Because like, oh, right, right, Tengen has, is invested in keeping you alive, and so if next week they pulled a like oh surprise like Tengen can bring her back but it means that you know he could only keep her alive with his Tengen powers long enough to assimilate or whatever yeah um, sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that but I don't mm -hmm. I don't I mean she's not going home yeah either no. way. like she's I don't think she's she's not I yeah. don't think she's ever walking out of the Tengen tron yeah yeah for, yeah so oh no man so that made me mad. And then, you know, Gatto got all mad. And then I felt justified in being mad. And like, yeah, beat up Toji. But I mean, I don't think this is going to be the last we see of Toji either based on. Um, I don't think he's dead in the current timeline. So we'll just have to see what happens. I, th I thought Megumi had spoken of him like he was still. That, that was my impression. Was that yeah. He wasn't dead. I, yeah. I've been, I've been and expecting all three of these characters to make it out of this and i'm assuming that they'll have some kind of like big reunion yeah in the present day yeah but, you know they're all different now so right that'll, sure that'll yeah happen. like their allegiances and and everything has changed i was just checking our our next stuff and was making sure i didn't download the wrong screen caps so yeah i guess that about sums it up for jjk just like a really excellent episode um, there are a lot of really beautiful sequences. We kind of already touched on it. Like the aquarium sequence was really good. The fight sequences were really good. Um, great the flashback with um, with her kind of remembering being raised by Kuroi. Yeah, very, very touching. Yes, yeah. I, I really liked how they managed to develop that relationship again in a really short period of time. I mean, we knew from the earlier episode when Kuroi was talking to them about her. They she mentioned. Um, Rico's parents dying and that she had raised her for so long. And that was when I think it was ghetto who said, Oh, so you're her family, which was really yeah. sweet. And but this so, helps you feel it. Like this helps you like, yeah. 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 Like you said, it, 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 it puts you in the story instead of just like understanding the plot. It's one of my biggest complaints is, is our anime where I feel like there's not enough of a difference between just reading the summary of an episode on wikipedia yeah where it just feels like it's a plot delivery mechanism mm -hmm. but episodes like this again remind you that there's a difference between just getting a story out beat for beat for beat and actually letting us live in that story for a while yeah 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 i'm just um impressed so far with how they have um utilized the the time in each episode to like get the most out of it for the audience i don't feel like anything's wasted 
and I don't, but I also don't feel like anything is like just purely there for spectacle. Um, and even though I complained a little bit about like some of the overly talky, like, yeah, I dodged this for, it's still not done to the extent that I've seen it in other series to the point where I'm like, get on with it sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, just excellent all around. Um, I was pretty confident when they announced who the new director was just because of his other work, but I feel like they've really cemented that the series is in, in good hands with him. So I Which, agree. Yeah. So we also wanted to talk about ZOM 100. Um, this episode, I think, is pretty light on discussion as far as, because, I mean, in the end, this is a beer run, right? This episode is mostly, like, him going yeah. on a beer run and uh, trying to get drunk and watch movies. Yeah. But but other than that, we do meet who I think our leading lady is going to be. Uh James, do you recall what her name is? I, I don't think we actually, Shizuka. I don't think we get her name in the oh, episode. But, right. yeah. but her name is Shizuka. Okay. Just so we can talk about yeah. talk about her. Otherwise um, you have to be calling her like hoodie girl or something like that, right? She wears yeah. a hoodie. I wondered if maybe like, because we see like her computer and stuff. And yeah. I wondered if maybe like, I, I figured this, the subtitle team would have done this if it was important, but maybe we saw like her name on like her computer screen or something. Oh, sure, sure, um, sure, sure. But I can't, I can't read Japanese outside of hiragana and katakana. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's great. She's buff. She's no nonsense. She has a whole suite of multivitamins to yeah. draw from every day. So yeah. she's basically the opposite of Akira. Uh, sorry, just one second. No worries. Um, I am, once again, always appreciating when an anime uh, respects the appeal of a buff heroine. Uh, someone Sorry, my husband needed a cookbook. It's okay. I was just talking about how. <laughs> I was just talking about how nice it is to have a, a buff leading lady. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, there, uh, I appreciate the original creator and the animation team for not being cowards. Um, yeah. She is cool. Uh, I mean, Mikasa was was buff, but she would have had like a more reserved personality not that we have to necessarily put them against each other but like shizuka is buff and kicks ass and she like judo throws the main character like the first time they meet so he doesn't get hit by a speeding truck and she just does not seem to give a shit about his little feelings or crush on her because as far as she can tell um he is not utilizing his his time correctly in order to survive as long as he can well that's i think thematically i think what made this episode interesting is it's very much exploring like when you're when you're put in this situation where your entire future has basically been given back to you mm -hmm. right um depending on how you look at it or taken from you right mm -hmm. um do you choose to live purely for like hedonistic like pleasure oriented i'm gonna live every single day like it's my last i mean i, I feel like it's it's captured really well in the fact that Akira's bucket list is 100 things to do before I become a zombie. Right. You know, he's just like, it's going to happen. I'm going to get zombified at some point. So I want to make sure that uh, before that happens, I actually live my life. Yeah. Uh, she's still very much, her, her little list is uh, 100 things to do to avoid becoming a zombie. Right. And so she's, she's turned survival into her full-time job. Yeah. Um, to the point where she doesn't really seem to be enjoying her life at all. She's just trying to make it to the next day. Yeah. And 
you know, I feel like uh, based on the wonderful, by the way, ending uh, credit animation that I think is super charming and wholesome. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the show is going to be about striking the balance, right? Like, yes, you do want to live for yourself. You want to make sure that you're using your time. Um, but the only way to, to keep that time is to maybe make slightly smarter decisions than going for a midday beer run in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, I think there is a middle ground between what she's doing and what um, Akira's doing. I mean, I, I actually think Akira is a little more in the right mindset as far as living day to the fullest, given how unemotive Shizuka seems. Um, you brought up a good point, though, about how either your future was given to you or maybe it was taken from you because, I mean, Akira's was obviously given to him, right? He was mm -hmm. living in a horrible situation, was unhappy, was on the verge of, like, suicide, all those other sorts of things. But that doesn't mean there weren't other people in Japan who were living fulfilling lives and enjoying what they were their day-to-day -day and, like, had um, things going well for them and lost all of it. As I mean, well. she's like, it seems like she was pre doing pretty well for herself. She, yeah, she worked like an international job. She has this swanky apartment. With yeah, little, you know. yeah. She, unless, I mean, unless she uh, got into that condo and then barricaded the doors behind her, sort of thing. I assume that it's yeah, probably hers. And she was doing. I mean, that that's what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, zombie apocalypse happens. Um, I. Well, no, I probably stay put. Tbh, it's safer to already be here, and I know where all my exits and entrances are in my own home. But um, I could see some people being like, "I'm moving on up." Yeah, right. And yeah, and taking over, taking over something. Um, like in, a, it's like in, um, oh, what's that movie? Uh, with uh, Mark, Mark uh, not Mark Zuckerberg, but the guy that played Mark Zuckerberg. Um, uh, Zombieland. It's like in Zombieland, yeah, they, yeah, move yeah. The, they move into the White House <laughs> and, and just turn it into their their pleasure palace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick also points out that you know there's two neighbors that we see in this, right? Like he's shimmying down a drain pipe yep. um, to go on his beer run and realizes uh, some neighbors below him are have survived or are doing their best to uh, survive. But he is Akira's still like riding on a high. He's completely carefree with his newfound freedom. And Shizuka's right that he's not quite taking it as seriously as he should because he comes back and they're dead. Yeah. And it's just, that's, yeah. Um, and it's sad. Like, they, we didn't get to know him super well. I can't remember. Was their marriage pretty toxic? Were they, like, arguing in that episode? It's been a little, it's been a few days since I, mean, I watched it. They're arguing in, like, what I would say is, like, a reasonable amount for... For or, I don't even know if it was arguing. They were just like freaked out and stressed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's very much. Uh, I don't know. I think it, it it plays into like when he actually sits down to write that bucket list. A lot yeah. of his items come like are based on like relationships. Like he wants to form yeah. relationships. Yeah, he, like he wants to go see his parents who live like in a rural area, and his best friend who maybe presumably is also out there as well um well, oh man that, you see i took that i almost that's so funny i interpreted that as like he wanted he, to make a best friend yeah like oh like, maybe i thought i thought he was remembering like a childhood like someone he went to high school with or something but he lost maybe yeah or something yeah i don't know um one other thing that kind of uh got caught my attention as far as uh how serious he may or may not be taking it the the couple underneath him did it 
request something from him when he went to the convenience store. This could be an oversight and might not, maybe I'm not supposed to be reading that much into it, but when he's in the convenience store, I was watching to see if he got it. Cause I think they asked for tissue or something. Toilet um, paper. Yeah. Well, toilet paper. And um, he did not put that in his shopping bag. Like we don't actually no. ever see him get them the toilet paper that they asked for. And I was kind of like, Oh dude, you already forgot about them. I mean, you to know. his credit, the, the store did get destroyed. That is, yeah, it did get hit by a truck. But still, so. I also, I did notice it's like, oh, well, you, it'd be kind of weird to be like, all I got was beer, but hey, you want to, you know, yeah. kind of like, he was going to invite them up. He was like, hey, like, let's, you know, yeah, we could maybe let's hang chill. Out and go, yeah, I wonder how they got in there. Like the zombies must have got into the apartment or, or they tried to leave and failed or something because they haven't gotten into his apartment but i'm kind of wondering if that might be what episode three is about because he does eventually leave mm -hmm. like we know he gets a motorcycle and starts doing stuff and i don't know if that's 100 on his own or because also his living space ends up being um jeopardized if zombies can just get in and you know kill his neighbors it's, yeah uh nick says he got distracted by the titty um that may also be true <laughs> You know, it's happened to uh, the best of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he got a shot, right? Zombie apocalypse, run into a hot chick at a convenience store. He tried to exchange numbers. And she's like, no, actually, um, you seem like you are probably going to get killed. So let's just. You seem really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that was basically just a bit. I felt like the, the animation this time around was still pretty good. I saw some people in the comments saying that it was maybe. Uh, not quite as up to par as the premiere. I didn't notice a big step down personally. Um, mm, I feel like it was maybe more about just the directing was less bombastic. Like I think on purpose, like he's no yeah. longer, it's no longer in that like traumatizing place of, of his work life. Like it's, it's meant to be a little more steady. Mm -hmm. um, I did notice and appreciate that, like, once we got to Shizuka's story, like, it went all widescreen. To, like, yeah. show, like, she's, like, serious. Like, she actually, yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. They've done some some interesting stuff. I mean, and just in the fact that, like, his bucket list is written in, handwritten in a notebook and hers typed out on an Excel spreadsheet also, like, tells you a lot about the differences between the characters without, you know, like, beating you over the head with it. I liked that. Um, she should have ate the mochi, though. I can't understand that to be honest. Like I would, I would eat all the fucking mochi. I've been to Japanese convenience stores. This is zombie apocalypse. I'm rating the desserts like end of story. Um, you know, I, I, my first thought was, cause someone pointed out in the comments earlier, like, you know, why, why does she think specifically that like eating sugar is something that has to be avoided, you mm -hmm. know, in this apocalypse. And I mean, there are a lot of different explanations, but my first thought was, I was maybe wondering is she someone that maybe like used to suffer from like body image or weight issues? Yeah. And, like, I mean, it does immediately, it did immediately kind of strike me as like um, ED kind of stuff, like a, an eating yeah. disorder. I mean, or, or, or even it, just like she, she worked really hard to get that super, you know, fit physique. Yeah. And she maybe knows that like now that like society's gone, I could, I could eat all the mochi I want. Yeah. And so instead I must eat no mochi, but then you're depriving yourself. You know, yeah the, yeah the it does seem life. she's trying to stick to like a really i mean it's just another element to show that she's got like a regimen and she's kind of she adheres to it and there's not a lot of flexibility to 
allow herself to enjoy things in moderation on occasion, you know, um, which super restrictive eating like that. I mean, you do see it in diet culture and in um, some athletic circles and it can evolve into yeah. unhealthy like, situations. Instead of, like instead of like a little bit of sugar, sometimes it's no sugar ever. Yeah. Yeah. She's you trying know. to stay away from sugar. We already, we know she works out cause she's got a treadmill and everything too. So it's not like, you know, it's not like she's at a risk of overeating a whole lot, becoming sedentary and then, you know, not being in uh, the same shape that she feels she needs to be in order to outrun zombies or, or something like that. Right. Um, also, I mean, they make sure to point out like this is a tiny mochi. Like this is not. It is. It is a single portion a of mochi. mochi. We're not talking about like by comparison. Um, when I was in Japan, we went to a. Uh, a store that was completely like sweets that was sort of like it, its whole deal um and i bought they sell gift boxes you're supposed to give them to friends like they come wrapped and everything and there was a hello kitty one that was really cute that had chocolate mochi with like a green tea sort of matcha center as opposed to oh, azuki yeah. yeah i bought it i ate the whole box i'm not sorry because it was good um but yeah by comparison like this is like 139 yen for like a dollar for the yeah. for a single serving of mochi and it's it's not gonna unless you're freaked out about your caloric intake it's not a big deal it's know? literally like i have in my fridge right now a little bag of those um those individually wrapped mini reese's yeah it's like and I'll, I'll have like a couple of those for dessert mm-hmm. and uh, it's literally like if she just saw like one or two of those little mini reese's yeah i was like nope can't do that and it's like well i mean <laughs> yeah and I, i'm sure like they're, they're they're putting this out there now i don't know that the story will necessarily get into like nitty-gritty about overcoming an eating disorder or anything like that more likely we're gonna see at some point a call back to this where she allows herself to have the mochi and that's gonna be like a, a moment i don't know how many episodes in but i feel like with this setup like eventually we're gonna see this lady have a chocolate bar or something and it's you know gonna be i mean again even in the ending theme like we see her and the rest of them like you know joking and laughing and hanging out and and just having a good time so i think that's definitely where this is going which is good because as as fun as this episode was i do think it highlighted like akira is going to need to make some friends soon oh yeah so that we have like yeah yeah (laughs) so that we we have more 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 to watch yeah and i i think based on the opening and also the ending i mean we know that um, Shizuka is gonna, we're going to be seeing more of her. Uh, there's another girl who's blonde, who I think we're going to be seeing more of. And there's a, a really like fit guy who doesn't wear a shirt that we're going to be seeing more of. Like, don't know where they come in or, you know, how that's going to end up working out. I expect road tripping on the motorcycle, that kind of stuff. So, um, I think episode three might give us more to like, kind of get excited about too, but was happy to be introduced to her. She seems like a really cool character. Yeah. I always like it when a when a show does that thing where it rewinds back to like earlier in the episode and you see the events from a different character's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's what they did with this one too. It was like it took me a second, and I was like, "Oh wait, this we we are going back in time from Shizuka's perspective." Um, yeah, and we have run out of time, but I do also just want to say, uh, "Undead Murder Farce" is still really good, so go watch. Watch that. it. <laughs> watch it. Um, maybe we'll have time next week to talk more about it because I, I bet you next week we get kind of a wrap up of this uh, vampire arc 
right? Yeah, I feel like it's the kind of show where it's going to be the the way that it it seems to be structured, where it's like three or four or however many episodes per like case mm-hmm. that they're going to be going on. I yeah. feel like it'll it'll be fun to check in with like every case to kind of see how it unraveled and yeah, you know, all the clues and stuff. A couple of like highlights from the most recent one is I liked where if you if you go watch it, you know, uh, the main character, uh, her head is in a cage and we see the main guy like moving the cage for her while she talks and it'll be like a first person's perspective. So you see the the bars, but you can see it shift because she he just like knows who she wants to be talking to. So like, he I love that. Her. Yeah. The, the like, whole dynamic. They laugh at each other's stupid jokes all yeah. the time. Yeah, um, they do. Honestly, it's, I, I like them a lot. I want. Them I like too. them a lot. Yeah, I like that. I also, um, a lot of it is this kind of unsettling dinner table scene where um, the vampires are all slurping blood soup. Out, you know, they're either drinking it or they're like eating it like a soup, and they're just trash talking the detectives at the opposite end of the table about whether they're like good enough for this job or not. And I'm like. I kept wondering, like, did they leave the table, or are they just, are they just saying this shit directly? In front? And they were, but maybe that's you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you're yeah, rich and I'm dead. You have no need for manners. <laughs> manners are for for the poor. <laughs> for the poor's, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up uh, this week. We'll be back uh, most likely with Jackie at San Diego Comic Con. Will be wrapped up. We're still. I don't con stuff on the A&N side is nuts. Like we have San Diego Comic-Con right now. I'm a freelancer that's going to Evo in Las Vegas. And then I believe next weekend is also Otacon. So um, I'm not going to be at all of those, but just know that I'm managing all of them. And it's, it's a lot, but uh, keep checking anime news network. We've got great interviews going up from all of these events. Um, Slightly related. uh, There's an interview I'm really proud of that went up today with, the horror manga creator um, Masaki, sorry, I'm trying to click on it, Masaki Nakayama, and talking about his series PTSD Radio, which I was an early adopter of absolutely adoring because it's so good. And it got a print edition recently and now is nominated for an Eisner. And I don't know if they've announced the Eisner winners yet. So by the time you listen to this, we'll know whether he won or not, but Junji Ito is also nominated, so. We'll see. We'll see, but yeah, go check that out. We've got an interview with the team behind Suicide Squad Isekai going up next week. Um, Also an interview with Burnout Syndromes. If you enjoy their music, that's going up next week. It's just uh, banger after banger. So with that said, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Thanks for watching. Thanks for reading and have a good weekend. Have a good one. And let me click the right video. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.